सहनावतु सहनौ भुनक्त सह वीर करवाहे तेजस्वीनावधीतमस्तुमाषावै शांति 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 मे द लॉर्ड प्रोटेक्ट अस बोथ द टीचर एंड द टॉट टुगेदर बाय रिवीलिंग नॉलेज मे द लॉर्ड प्रोटेक्ट अस बोथ बाय गिविंग अस द रिजल्ट्स ऑफ नॉलेज मे वी अटेन विगर टुगेदर लेट व्हाट वी स्टडी बी इनविगरेटिंग और इल्यूमिनेटिंग मे वी नॉट कैवेल एट ईच अदर ओम पीस 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 All right. So, in the Katopanishad, we are studying this wonderful dialogue between uh, Yama, the Lord of Death, and the little boy uh, Nachiketa. And Yama is teaching Nachiketa uh, about the knowledge of the self, of of our true nature, of what we are. The promise in Vedanta is that our uh, the goal of our life. all that we can attain peace transcendence of problems it's all easily within our reach because it is our real nature if we know what we truly are we will transcend suffering and attain fulfillment dukkha nivritti transcendence of suffering and atma and paramananda prapti attainment of fulfillment how does that happen in vedanta in the path of knowledge it happens by realizing who we are it's as straightforward as that we are already here we are ourselves i me myself my real nature is always always there because i am here but we don't see that how do you see that so yama is giving the teachings and uh, we'll just take a quick recap of at what we have been doing remember the chariot so yama introduces it's a classic very ancient uh, way of describing the human personality the chariot so we'll start there and quickly go through the verses the mantras which we have already done this is uh, 1.3.3 uh, we have already done these things i'll just quickly go through that and give a little bit of uh, catching up uh, and a, and a recap of what we have done the third mantra said in this chapter third mantra said atmanam rathinam vidhi शरीरम Fourth, Indriyani Hayan Ahu Vishayang Steshu Gocharan Atmindriya Mano Yuktam Bhokti Tyahur Manishina. So they, the wise people, say that our sense organs and uh, these these are the horses, and the path they run upon are is the objects in the world. You know, the eyes see the forms, ears hear sound, and so on, and uh, so they are like uh, horses yoked to the body the sense organs and the mind the self is now called the bhokta the enjoyer you 
are actually the passenger sitting in this body-mind complex. The body-mind complex is the chariot. You're actually the passenger there. Uh, it's an instrument for you. But then connected to this, yoked to this, combined with this, you become the enjoyer and the doer. I mean, the Sanskrit words are bhokta and karta, the experiencer. It's just not just enjoying, it's suffering also. <laughs> More suffering than enjoying. As we become uh, engaged with this body and mind, we experience. With the mind, we can think and imagine and feel and remember. And with the intellect, we understand all of this. And with the senses, we can see. I, the awareness, the self, I can see and hear and smell and taste and touch. And with the, with the organs of action, you know, with the speech, I can speak. With the hands, I can grasp. With the legs, I can walk and so on. All of these now become possible for me. Understanding, feeling, desiring, acting. Jnana, Icha, Kriya. Jnana means knowledge, the power of understanding, uh, of knowing. Uh, then desiring, the motive power within us. I want, whatever it is that I want. And then that kicks the body into action uh, with the five senses of knowledge and the five uh, uh, senses of action. We act in this world. All of this is when you, the consciousness, you become, um, you're yoked with the body-mind. The problem is that you, the consciousness, I, the consciousness, I'm not aware of myself as awareness. I'm aware of myself as body-mind. It's like the passenger has forgotten himself or herself and thinks I am the chariot. Now, how ridiculous is that? But that's our condition. You think we are the chariot. Realizing our true, true nature, that I am the passenger in the chariot, you can still let the chariot do its job. You can still let the, um, you know, the chariot can run and should run. Similarly, the body can act and the body should act. Body should be active in this world. But I can realize that I am not the body-mind. That sets me free. You know, I transcend the, uh, the, the agentship and the uh, experiencership of the body. These are clumsy words in Sanskrit. Then the next. So this is a model. Body-mind is called chariot. And then uh, in the chariot, the body is the chariot. In that he points out three things. One is the sensory system. So those are the horses. That's one. Second is the reins with which the horses are controlled. That's the mind. And third is the driver, the charioteer. That's the intellect. So keep your attention on these three. The um, senses, the, uh, the reins, that is the mind, and the intellect. You might say, why? Um, I mean, isn't it all included in the chariot? Isn't it all included in the body-mind? Yes, but because we are on our way to enlightenment, these three are important. The sensory system, the mind, and the intellect. And you are none of them. You are the chariot, the passenger in the chariot. You are the, in the body-mind, you are the awareness. Uh, awareness itself. Now, what do we do with this chariot model? Uh, next, fifth mantra. Yastu avijyanavan bhavati ayuktena manasa sada tasya indriyani avashyani dushtashva ivasarathe. But the organs of that intellect, which being ever associated with an uncontrolled mind, becomes devoid of discrimination 
are truly like the vicious horses of the charioteer. This is our usual condition. Mind does not have knowledge. Knowledge means it has all sorts of knowledge, which we get in school and college, but uh, not Vedantic knowledge, not self-knowledge. The mind does not, the intellect, sorry, the intellect does not have self-knowledge, Vedantic knowledge, which is being imparted here. Normally does not have, does not know who the reality is, what the reality is. And the mind is flickering, not focused, scattered. And the, and the senses are indisciplined. They run to wherever, whatever is pleasing towards them and run away from whatever is displeasing towards them. So this is the condition. It is like the horses are indisciplined. They don't respond to commands. The reins by which the horses have to be controlled, it has become loose. It is not useful anymore. And the driver, the charioteer, is completely misinformed. So that is disastrous for the journey. For the passenger, it's disastrous because the chariot is going to meet with an accident then. Imagine, the driver is drunk, the steering wheel is loose, and the wheels are all going in different directions. You're going to have a terrible accident. In contrast, what do we need? What do we need this chariot to do? What condition should it be in? Yastu Vigyanavan Bhavati Yuktena Manasasada Tasindriyani Vashyani Sadashva Ivasarate. That intellect, which is associated with the restrained mind, is endowed with discrimination. The organs are controllable like the good horses of a charioteer. So the intellect is, is endowed with knowledge about the self. Who am I? That knowledge. And the knowledge is not in awareness. The knowledge is in the intellect, actually. Awareness is there all the time. If the intellect is bewildered, is confused, is misled, same awareness will illumine the same, that intellect. The intellect is now trained with Vedantic knowledge or self-knowledge. Awareness illumines that. So intellect has Vedantic knowledge, self-knowledge, one. The mind is now focused, not flickering. Even if the intellect has knowledge, if the mind is flickering, you will not be able to translate that knowledge into day-to-day -day activity. The mind will fail us again and again. So, you know, like, I know I'm the witness consciousness, but when that person is rude, I lose my temper. What happened? The knowledge is in the intellect, but the mind is so loose, is so um, not aware, not alert. It just repeats patterns of behavior. Somebody said something rude and there's a flash of anger. Then I say something back in anger. What happened? The mind did it. Uh, because the mind was, um, you know, uh, is not uh, mindful. In fact, that's the word used here. Samanaska, mindful. It's not trained to be mindful. When the mind is mindful, mind is focused, the intellect has self-knowledge, then the senses come under control very easily. Similarly, he says, if the charioteer is sensible, if the reins are strongly in the hands of the charioteer and the horses are well-trained, they will come under control easily. Then the next seventh one is so what? Why should I bother about you know, a philosophically trained intellect, a focused mind and controlled senses? What happens if I don't bother with all this? Seventh mantra says, Yastu 
यस्तवानमनस्क सदा शुचि न स तत्पदमापनोति संसारम चाधिगछति इफ पर्सन हु हुज इंटेलेक्ट इज नॉट इनफॉर्म्ड दे माइंड इज फ्लिकरिंग एंड द सेंसेस आर एवर एंगेज्ड इन इम्प्योर एक्टिविटीज दैट पर्सन डज नॉट अटेन द गोल गोल इज एनलाइटनमेंट एंड फ्रीडम व्हाट हैपेंस टू दैट पर्सन मीट्स विद एन एक्सीडेंट व्हाट्स द नेम ऑफ दैट एक्सीडेंट संसार samsaram chadigachati attains to samsara i think we are all uh, like major multi car crash with that that's basically our our lives that's where we are right now but on the other hand the person who leads a disciplined life whose mind is focused and the intellect is enlightened and that person will will realize the goal of human life that is enlightenment and freedom यस्तु विद्यानवान्यानवान्यानवान्यानवान्यानवान्यानवान्यानवान्यानवान्यानवान्यानवान्यानवान्यानवान्यानवान्यानवान्यानवान्यानवान्यानवान्यानवान्यानवान्यान
very heart of our own existence, your own existence. At the very heart of your own existence is what? You, the real you. So we are going from the external to the internal, um, from the senses to the mind, to the in intellect, more internal, more internal, more inner, more subtle, more subtle, subtler and subtler. And more subtle than the intellect is the cosmic mind of which this intellect is a part. Notice what do you, you know, we would expect, oh, we've been studying Vedanta long enough. I understand what he is doing. Notice the body and then notice we are experiencing the body through the senses. And notice the senses. Notice that we are experiencing the senses with the mind. Notice the mind, thoughts, feelings, emotions. We are noticing the mind with the help of the faculty of understanding, intellect. And then beyond that, if you push, you will hit a blank, which is the Anandamaya, the, the you know, Ajnana, what we experience in deep sleep. And then we will be told, um, the Swami will tell us the tenth man story for the millionth time uh, and say that you are the witness of all of these, um, these, these components of your being. That's what we, we, we expect. But no. Advaita Vedanta is not just individual, not just that one consciousness within. You are um, the one consciousness illumining the entire universe. So at some point in any true Advaitic teaching, the cosmic will be included. So when you say, I am the intellect, here is the intellect, and how do you locate the intellect? The mind is the thoughts, feelings, emotions, ideas which we have. There's all mind, memories desires, all mind. Intellect, the best way to locate is intellect is that at the heart of the intellect is the sense of I. Yeah, the, the certain sense that I am. This is at the level of the Vijnanamaya. So I am, that is the level of the intellect. Of course, the intellect is the faculty of knowing. Nishchayatmikantakkaranavritti buddhi. Intellect, that's the definition of intellect in Vedanta Sar. The determinative faculty, when you get something, the flash of understanding comes, that's intellect. And the, at the heart of that is the I sense, which is constantly there, that I am the, the center which integrates all of these mind and senses and intellect and all into one person. That's also in the intellect. And that ego, that's the ego, that's the I, and that's not the real you, that's not the real us. So I am that, the... That's the intellect. Then the Upanishad says, wait a minute here, before going on to Atma, wait a minute. This intellect and the mind and the senses, they're all part of a cosmic mind. You know, just look around yourself. So many people, so many animals, uh, living beings, varieties of bodies, varieties of activities going on, multiple sensory systems, multiple minds and intellects and all of that together is one cosmic mind. They are not separate. There's one cosmic mind is called Hiranyagarbha. And that is what is mentioned here. Buddhair Atma Mahan Paraha. Beyond our in, individual intellect is the, is the vast cosmic mind. And then next, number 11. Mahatav Param Abhyaktam Abhyaktat Purushaspara Purushanna Param Kinchit Sakashtasa Paragati. The unmanifest is higher than the Mahat, 
the Purusha is higher than the unmanifested. There is nothing higher than the Purusha. He is the culmination. He is the highest goal. So beyond this cosmic mind, like beyond our individual mind, if you try to go beyond the intellect right now, if you try to notice, you will get a blankness. Suppose you shut down everything. You are not seeing, close your eyes. You are not thinking, not remembering. You're not even trying to understand. You're not even trying to feel the eye. What will happen? You'll fall asleep or you'll just feel a blankness for a moment. That blankness is the Anandamaya Kosha, the Ajnana. And in the cosmic level, that is Maya. That is the seed form of the Hiranyagarbha, the cosmic mind. Just as our mind goes into a blankness in deep sleep, the cosmic mind uh, in its seed form is, is Maya. Uh, here it is called Abhyakta. And for obvious reasons, it's called the unmanifest. Uh, abhyakta means unmanifest. Beyond the unmanifest is the Purusha, is the real self, is the real you. Purusha is the real you, the real self. And what's beyond the Purusha? The Purushana Param Kinchit. There is nothing beyond the Purusha. That is the ultimate reality. Sakashta. He is the culmination. He is the highest goal. That consciousness, our real nature, you are the ultimate ground of this universe. You are the, you are the, the, the base, the foundation of this entire cosmic play. Not only of this little body, mind, little person, of the entire universe. And that is called Purusha. And that's our real nature. We are not part of it. We are it. All of us together, not, to, not even together, individually also. There is no individual and cosmic there. There is only one undivided consciousness there. Division comes at the level of Maya. In Vedanta Sar, you see how useful it is. The ultimate reality, existence, consciousness, bliss is indivisible. But Maya is, is infinitely divisible. That's, that accounts for so many individual beings. Anyway, so that is the teaching so far. And in the 12th mantra, he just sums it up saying that it's this is the ultimate reality and it's very subtle. Esha sarve shubhuteshu gudhatmana prakashate drishyate tvagraya buddhya sukshmaya sukshmadarshibhi. This pure consciousness is hidden in all beings and does not appear, is not explicitly available as the self of all beings. Because normally, what do we mean by self? We normally mean the ego, I. This cosmic, this consciousness, which is the self of all beings, is not obvious at all. But by the seers of subtle things, Sukshmadarshi, those who understand subtle ways, the subtle things, this pure consciousness is seen through a pointed and fine intellect. This purified and pointed, inter sharpened intellect is done through sadhana, through spiritual practice. That's why spiritual practice is necessary. Done. Now, I had said, so what's the technique? How do we actually practice it now? If it's so obvious, it's here. Not obvious, but it's here. It's our real nature. How do I actually come to realize it, come to see this? So a technique will be suggested by none other than the Lord of Death, Yama. And we will do that now. So the mantra is the 13th mantra. 13th mantra. 
यच्छेद्वांगमनसि प्राज्ञा तद्यच्छेद्ज्ञानात्मनी ज्ञानमात्मनी महति नियच्छेत तद्यच्छेत शांतात्मनी the translation from swami gambhiranand ji is the discriminating man should merge the organ of speech into the mind he should merge the mind into the intelligent self he should merge the intelligent self into the great soul he should merge the great soul into the peaceful self what does all this mean okay remember what are we trying to do we have been told that we are this um we are consciousness i am awareness this purusha this final ultimate reality and i am that already how do i come to see that or realize that that's the purpose of the path of vedanta path of knowledge we'll have to go from the external to the internal not physically internal if you physically go into a body internally you will find organs flesh blood and all, all that of course internal into our own experience of ourselves right now you are experiencing yourself experiencing the world you are experiencing yourself attend to the experience of yourself draw our attention away from the experience of the world to our experience of ourselves so immediately the body becomes obvious you draw your attention away from the experience of the body to the experience of our sensory system i am seeing i am hearing i am smelling tasting touching and the yama starts there the teaching starts at that point be aware of your sensory system he says merge the speech into the mind merge the speech into the mind walk yachet means uh, you throw or withdraw or merge what into what he says walk manasi speech into mind by speech is meant all the senses is meant eyes ears nose uh, tongue touch is also meant all the senses of action the organs of action so speech is one organ of action hands are another organ of action uh, feet are another organ of action uh, so all these organs of action and organs of sense five, 10 organs he says merge them back into the mind what do you mean by merge it means by to still them to step back from sensory level of existence into mental existence now here this has to be understood carefully um it's not just a simply a question of sitting quietly and closing your eyes it does it means that but it's not simply that it has it's more subtle and more powerful than that the teaching is that notice merging means noticing that all the sensory activities are ultimately mind let me repeat that all the sensory activities are ultimately mental mind seeing is mind hearing is mind smelling tasting touching is mind talking is mind walking and grasping things all the actions that we do and all the knowledge that we get from the world ultimately it's mind what do you mean there are obviously the physical organs are not the mind there are eyes and ears and nose and tongue there are hands and feet that's not what is meant the activities of these organs they called vritti the activities of these organs all are ultimately dumped in the mind and controlled from the mind 
it's the mind which is the control center of all our sensory, uh, sensory systems. One very good way of noticing this is dreams. Notice in the dreams, our eyes are closed. We are not hearing anything physically, externally. We are not tasting anything. But in dreams, we seem to be seeing perfectly well. You see a dream world. You hear your friends talking. Um, you can even, uh, maybe some people have some kind of taste. or So multiple senses might be working there. And yet we know for sure none of the senses are working there. Physical sense, these organs, they're all shut down. We're all sleep. We are sleeping. That means the mind by itself in the dream world has split into the five organs of sense. So mind is, gen we know for sure, whatever we see in the dream world is being generated by the mind. The mind in itself is now able to see, hear, smell, taste, touch. In itself is now able to do things like walk around. You don't, in a dream, nobody has this feeling Oh, I can't see anything. Obviously, I can't see anything because uh, my, I'm sleeping, my eyes are closed. How can I see anything? You don't feel that. You feel I'm able to see perfectly well. We don't even have any feeling that we are sleeping on the bed and eyes are closed. No. Notice how the mind in itself can vividly simulate the activities of all senses. That's because even while waking, all the senses are Behind all the senses is the mind, right now. Sensory activity, whether organs of action or organs of sense, of, of knowledge, is actually mental activity. Even in the waking state, notice how a person, there's a famous story in the Upanishads of a man who was making arrows, sharpening an arrow, and a whole procession passes by and he does not see the procession and somebody says and then asks him didn't you see the king and the retinue go past no i was so focused that means his eyes were open his ears were there but he didn't see anything didn't hear the 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 commotion because he was so focused the mind had no extra bandwidth left over for any other sensory activity so without the mind the senses cannot generate sensory experience that's actually pretty simple. Without the mind, senses cannot generate any sensory experience. Without paying attention, you can't do even simple things like, um, you know, talking or walking. You will have an accident or you, will, uh, you won't be able to talk. You have to pay attention to what you are saying, attention to where you are going. Attention is mind. So, when you say withdraw into the mind, what uh, the Upanishad is giving, Yama is giving, the Lord of Death is giving us a subtle and powerful teaching. Not just simply sit quietly. Yes, sit quietly, but notice that thoughts, and that, that seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting, they're all mental. Stop the fi actual physical action of seeing something. Yes, close your eyes. Withdraw into the mind. Now I am not a seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting, talking, walking, grasping creature. I am a mental being now. Thought and only thought. And physically, what are you doing? You're sitting quietly. Obviously, you're sitting quietly. You've got closed your eyes in a calm environment. Now you're going to... So this is... Now we are withdrawn from the sensory system into the mind. 
and must stay there for some time. Steady yourself there before taking the next step. Who can do this? He is saying here, Pragya, the wise one. Who is the wise one? The one who has already acquired the wisdom up to the 12th mantra before this. Who has already got the framework of the chariot correct. Who knows? The goal is to find out the passenger of the chariot, myself. Who knows that the, the senses and the mind and the intellect, they all belong to the chariot. And they're like the driver and the reins and the horses. They are not me. All this knowledge is there. Vedantic teaching is there. This is called Pragya. Shankaracharya will say in his commentary, Viveki, the discerning person who is already trained in Vedantic thinking. Such a person now will withdraw the sensory activities into the mind. How do you withdraw the sensory activities into the mind? Of course, you state physically quietly, but notice, all of them are nothing but the mind. All the senses are the mind only in their activity. Next, what do you do? Now the mind you withdraw into the intellect. So we are going subtler and deeper. From external to internal. From gross to subtle. Subtle to subtler. Mind is pretty subtle. From thoughts, feelings, memories, um, desires, sensory apperception, will, all of these are mind. Now I still them. What is at the center of all of them? What is inner to all of them? What is subtler than all of them? Intellect. What is that intellect? How to locate it? I've already told you. Locate the eye sense. At the center of this constellation of thoughts, emotions, desires, activity, sensory perception is I. You, the, the sense of individual I. I sense. Locate that and you have located the intellect, buddhi. Withdraw it all into that I sense. Practically, what does it mean? As I have stopped seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting, touching, walking, talking, now I stop, quieten, at least try to quieten thoughts, emotions, drives, memories. I quieten that and stay with I am. Uh, that is withdrawing the mind into the intellect. Not easy. And he says, stay there. Now stay there for some more time. Sit there quietly like that with the I am. Then next, what do you do? Jnanam Atmani Mahati Niyachet. Note, just note this. This I am sense, this intellect is actually a tiny part of a vast cosmic mind. That is called Mahat. Here he calls it Mahat. It is Hiranyagarbha. It is Hiranyagarbha, the cosmic mind. What does it consist of? It consists of the sensory perceptions of all human beings, not only human beings, all kinds of animals, all living beings, all of their sensory activity. One, it consists of all the thoughts, emotions, memories of all minds. It consists of the knowledge in all intellects and the common ego in each mind and intellect. And this one ego is part of that. This one I, I am is part of a similar I am in all living beings. This is called Hiranyagarbha, the cosmic mind. It has three powers. Jnana, Icha, Kriya, the power of knowledge, the power of desire and of wanting and the power of acting, doing things. 
jnana ichcha kriya all three and in the cosmic sense in the sense of all that you see around all living beings all life that is hiranyagarbha the cosmic mind and that also includes prana which means life all of life is included in that cosmic mind hiranyagarbha how do you withdraw the intellect into hiranyagarbha just recognize that this i am is part of an ocean of i am not just one little i am in one body mind then what do you do tad yachet shanta atmani to what is all this this whole drama this panorama this amazing spectacle to what is appearing in what all this is appearing and we all know it is consciousness awareness it's a fact isn't it you must be some kind of an aware being for all this to be experienced in awareness notice that here we have skipped over avyakta the unmanifest maya agyana doesn't matter all of this display cosmic mind the individual intellect the individual mind individual sensory system and individual body and the world we experienced by the body the whole thing is appearing in awareness like a like a steady light and that awareness is a very important step here all of these are objects even the mind the intellect is an object but this awareness is not an object it's you it's the pure subject in that this objective order of things is appearing the intellect the mind the sensory system the body and the universe so one consciousness in which one awareness in which all of this is appearing that awareness there is no objective quality to it so it's called shanta atmani shanta means peace into the peace self into the consciousness self the consciousness self is called the peace self this is from mandukya upanishad your name is peace it's not that you are peaceful the mind can sometimes be peaceful the external world can sometimes be peaceful or sometimes it can be there will be war and disturbance the mind can be depressed or annoyed or angry or excited or sometimes peaceful but you are peace itself your real nature that awareness is peace itself that's why it's called shanta atmani uh, in indish in the self which is peace into that you merge the cosmic mind how do you merge the cosmic mind in the peace self nothing you just recognize the whole thing this whole display is an appearance in you there is no external you know something apart from consciousness or you know some other entity called a cosmic mind whose part is an individual intellect and mind and sensory system and body and external world all of that is an appearance in awareness in being existence sat chit ananda this is the shanta atma in um, i remember when sri ramakrishna in, in the gospel of sri ramakrishna his talk is going on about spiritual life and somebody remarks oh the um, path is an endless path and there is no end to the spiritual path and sri ramakrishna immediately corrects him and says no where there is peace that is the end of the path what peace is he talking about brahman atman the ultimate reality is discoverable and within quote and unquote is recognizable it's not discoverable or recognizable in an objective fashion but as 
ಐ ಆಮ್ ದಟ್ ಅಹಂ ಅಸ್ಮಿ ಐ ಆಮ್ ಬ್ರಹ್ಮನ್ ದಿಸ್ ಇಸ್ ದ ಮೀನಿಂಗ್ ಯು ಕಾಂಟೆಂಪ್ಲೇಟ್ ದಟ್ ಯೂಸಿಂಗ್ ದ ಇಂಟೆಲೆಕ್ಟ್ ಯು ಕಾಂಟೆಂಪ್ಲೇಟ್ ದ ಫ್ಯಾಕ್ಟ್ ದಟ್ ಆಲ್ ದಿಸ್ ಇಸ್ ಅಪಿಯರಿಂಗ್ ಇನ್ ದಿಸ್ ದಿಸ್ ಬ್ಯಾಕ್ಗ್ರೌಂಡ್ ರೇಡಿಯೇಷನ್ ಆಫ್ ಕಾನ್ಶಿಯಸ್ನೆಸ್ ದಿಸ್ ವಿಚ್ ಐ ಆಮ್ ಐ ಆಮ್ ದಟ್ ಆತ್ಮನ್ ಅಂಡ್ ಸ್ಟೇ ದೇರ್ this this is uh, a realization and understanding so you start you sit quietly shut down your shut your eyes in a peaceful environment and withdraw your mind from all external thought thought of the world then you notice the body then withdraw mind from the body to the senses and you can see i can see i can feel my existence from there you withdraw into the mind and notice that senses are nothing but the mind notice that actually notice without the mind no sensory experience is possible so with nothing but the mind and the mind now you withdraw shut down the activities of the mind which are thoughts emotions perceptions memories in, withdraw into the sense of individual existence and then notice just think with that intellect itself just notice that it is the entire cosmic mind is just like this this i am sense every entity has this i am sense this is this the hiranyagarbha which consists of the universal um, intellect understanding universal feeling and universal action gyana ichha kriya and to what is all this appearing you that is the merging back of the cosmic mind into uh, the atman at this at that point non duality is attained if you do notice the beauty of the system if you take an individual consciousness an individual intellect and i am the witness of this intellect then you will still have a sense of uh, a kind of um, you know a kind of background feeling of individuality and then the thought will nag you what about this world no in advaita vedanta the world is non different from this uh, background awareness which we are you know, this peace atman shantatma it's a very beautiful name in fact our swami in delhi ramakrishna mission delhi his name is shantatma nanda it's from shantatma um let me just share this with you i was having a long conversation today with a scholarly monk from um, banaras from kashi and we are having very subtle discussion of the methodology of teaching advaita vedanta he says one approach is what you do swami he told me he has watched some of my videos um he said see what you do is what you do is you do drig drishya viveka you know i have often talked about this about this i am the experiencer everything is experienced the, the seer is different from the seen and so on. he says that is a sankhyan technique and it's true it's from sankhyan technique the problem with that will be two two fold one is you will end up with a feeling of i am a witness consciousness in this body and mind and so possibly there are millions of witness consciousnesses drashta seer sakshi that feeling will be there all the time and that is not a problem for sankhya because that's exactly what they want to say there are many many consciousnesses and then that scholars that that swami ji said to me then swami notice what you have to do you have to work very hard to show people it is one consciousness in all bodies and mind if you listen to my lectures that's the next step i take take this is one side of the problem the other side of the problem is 
See, this is not non-duality. It's still duality because seer and seen have been separated. So the entire universe and the body and the mind, all of this is still there. Now you have to show, you have to now take, take up Jagat Mithyatva, falsity of the world, and show that these are all appearances in consciousness and therefore not a countable second apart from consciousness, therefore not to non-dual Advaita. So beautiful analysis of most of my talks. In various ways, I just do this. Sometimes through Panchakosha Viveka, sometimes through Drigdrishya Viveka, sometimes through Avasthatraya, Waking, Dreaming, Deep Sleep and Turiya. But basically I'm doing this all the time. Uh, and he says, this um, effort to prove the falsity of the world is ultimately it comes from Buddhism. This Drigdrishya analysis, you, what you do, it ultimately comes from Sankhya. And there's a price you have to pay for this. Then you have to work hard to make it non-dual after all of this. Um, and he says, it's fine. This is one way of doing it. And it has an advantage because it's very logical. It's, it's, very, it's immediately appealing. It, and one can follow it step by step. There is the, the classical Upanishadic method is to start with awareness, with being. And to see how that awareness or being appears as you, the experiencer, and the experienced universe. If it is that awareness appearing along with the appearance of the mind, it becomes the jiva, the knower, the individual, drashta. When it ap appears with name and form, it becomes jagat. But in both cases, nothing other than the awareness. And dream example is very good to show that. So he starts, Upanishad starts from the very root. Um, so non-duality is preserved there all throughout. Anyway, just I wanted to share this with you. Um, before I go to the questions, let me just read a little bit about what Shankaracharya has said uh, in his commentary to this thing, this technique, the technique which has been shared by uh, Yama, the Lord of Death. This technique is in Vedanta, this will be called Nididhyasana, Vedantic Nididhyasana. The Shravana, the teaching has already been given. Manana Shravana has been done up to 12th mantra. 13th mantra is having understood this. That's why he's calling you Pragya, the one who has already well informed. Uh, you, you have understood the teaching. Now stay with the teaching. How do I stay with the teaching? Here, do this. Withdraw in this way. From the world to the body, from the body. Withdraw means attend, attention, understanding. World to the body, body to the senses. Senses to the mind, mind to the intellect, intellect to cosmic mind, cosmic mind to uh, the non-objective pure awareness. Now Shankaracharya says, Tatpratipatti Upaya Maha, the way to realize, to become enlightened, the method is being now taught. That is Shankaracharya saying. This is the method. Then he says, Yachet, Niyachet, Upasangharet. That word Yachet means put. Put means upasanghrit, withdraw. Withdraw means, and then who will do it? Pragya, the wise one. Who is the wise one? Shankaracharya says, Viveki, the, the one who does Viveka, this, uh, this discrimination or discernment between self and not self. Kim, what will you withdraw? Varg, vacham, speech. And then he says, Vagatra upalakshanartha. Uh, um, so this is mentioned speech but just to uh, 
uh, indicate the entire group of five sense organs and five motor organs are all included under the umbrella. All of them have to be withdrawn because they are nothing other than mind itself. Kwa, where will you withdraw them? Manasi, in the mind. Then he says, Mana, Shankaracharya says, Mano yachet jnane prakasha swarupe buddho atmani. Withdraw the mind into that which knows the mind, the knowing faculty, understanding faculty. What is that? Intellect. And as I gave you the clue, intellect is a more fuzzy, vague term. Catch hold of the eye, the eye sense, which we all feel right now. Buddhirhi manadi karanani apnoti ityatma pratyaktesham. The buddhi, the intellect, pervades the mind and the sensory system and is internal to them, is the very self of, of those. Uh, the mind and the sensory system. So we draw it into that very self. And then he goes on to say later on, he talks about the uh, Hiranyagbhagarbha, the cosmic mind. And then finally, he gives a beautiful statement. Yachet shante sarva vishesha pratyastamita pratyastamita rupe avikriye sarvantare sarva buddhi pratyasakshini mukhyatmani. Finally, withdraw, merge, recognize all of this is a display in, he says, Mukhyatmani, in the primary self, in the ultimate self, ultimate reality. What is that? Shanta, in the, in the, that which is peace. Sarva Vishesha Pratyastamita, where all objective, distinctive qualities have, have, um, have faded away. It is one blazing light. Aurobindo called it a white glare of an immortal gaze. <laughs> then, avikriye, unchanging, changeless, sarvantare, the innermost of all existence, of all beings, of all minds, of all beings, of all existence. At the heart of it is this awareness. Sarva buddhi pratyasakshini, into the, the witness of the 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 activities of all minds, of all intellects, all minds, they're all illumined by one consciousness. What is that? Mukhyatma, the real self, you. I remember in one of the hymns to, Shank to Sri Ramakrishna, one phrase is used. Buddhescha sakshi nikhilasya janto yo vetti sarvam nachayasya vetta the one who is the witness of the buddhi, of the intellects of all sentient beings. The one who shines upon them. Who knows it all, but whom nobody knows. What is that? That's consciousness. It is consciousness which knows everything in this universe. But nothing knows consciousness. Nothing can knows means nothing can objectify consciousness. To consciousness, everything is an object. To you, everything is an object. But you are not an object to anything. So that is Sri Ramakrishna. So then you see, that is the Atma, the self, yes. And that's I, yes. You, the self, and God are one reality. When Vedanta is studied in the Himalayas, they have these invocatory verses. And one verse will always be chanted. 
ईश्वरो गुरुरात्मेति मूर्ति भेद विभागिने व्योमवद व्याप्त देहाय दक्षिणामूर्त नम आई सल्यूट दैट वन रेडियंस विच अपियर्स एज गॉड विच अपियर्स एज आई 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 दिस इंडिविजुअल बीइंग and as my guru who's teaching me vedanta who is that vast like the sky this is a radiance like the sky uh, that is dakshinamurti the south facing uh, shiva this from dakshinamurti stotra yes all right now let's quickly look at the questions vishnu that which surrounds everything vishnu's paramam padam is the fourth path of vishnu turiya nothing beyond turiya so turiya surrounds everything means yes like the clay surrounds so clay surrounds the pot means the pot is clay right the waves are water and sparks are fire like the the great space is it it pervades all the space in the pots right very beautifully put i am that highest state of vishnu so that is that is realized rick says we have the mahat unmanifest and purusha where do consciousness god and brahman fit into this hierarchy right consciousness is the purusha consciousness plus the unmanifested is god the consciousness is the purusha and that is brahman brahman purusha consciousness one thing consciousness of course i mean pure consciousness brahman purusha consciousness the the real self you the real you that's the, that's the ultimate reality what about god it is this consciousness limited by the un- unmanifest in association with maya who is called god or ishwar or bhagavan rick says at each stage in verse 13 we hear the phrase he should merge as an agent or doer separate from all these things that are being merged who can do the merging one should have merged himself early in the process no uh, it means here the merger is a less an activity of merging one thing into another more an activity of recognizing a fact about yourself in the stage of the senses the body being still and the senses being quietened there is an activity going on where you try to quieten down the senses but then you recognize the sensory experiences are nothing without the mind and the mind is nothing without the i sense of the intellect and i sense is ultimately is recognized to be an appearance in consciousness which you are at each stage you the consciousness with the help of the intellect you are you are recognizing these facts about yourself is um hiranyagarbha same as mahat yes shankaracharya in his commentary also points out cosmic mind you see a pure sankhyan would not do this pure sankhyan would say uh, merge the uh, senses into the mind the mind into the intellect and intellect into consciousness finished but uh, the advaitin will say at some point he will bring in the rest of the universe the whole display of this cosmos abhijit says same question as rick step 3 from i am to the cosmic mind how can they be doer apart from i am as i said it's not a doer you're not actually merging you know pushing one thing into the other drowning one thing in the other you're just recognizing it's a fact um you know how do you merge 
New York into the United States, United States into North America, North America into, um, you know, the, into Earth. You just notice New York as it is, is the United States. It's, it's part of that. This, this, part, this is also United States. This is New York, but this is also United States. The United States is also North America. You just recognize it. You're not actually merging something. You recognize the, the fact that it's already, it's an accomplished fact. It's not that these are all separate. Now you have to push them back together like a Lego set or something. It's an accomplished fact. And North America is nothing but this earth. You recognize that. And that's the merger. Gaurav says, I did not get a second method. During Rig Drisha Vivek and seeing world like appearance, you discuss non-dual meditation is very logical and direct. Yes, it is. And the second method is not, but not very different from all this. But that, uh, that Swami from Banaras, he pointed out the techniques which we use, um, they have their advantage uh, because they are logical and pretty, pretty analytical, pretty acceptable, relatable. Drig Drisha Vivek then the appearance nature of the universe. But they have the price you have to pay for that because they are borrowed from other systems, from Sankhya, from uh, Buddhistic ideas. See, what the point he was trying to make, and which is well taken, is the Upanishads. They have only one point they're trying to make. There is one non-dual reality at the heart of all existence, which is divine. Notice when Vivekananda teaches Vedanta, he doesn't talk about all this. He says, his teaching is these two aspects. Our innermost divinity, the divinity within us, and the oneness of all existence. That's pure uh, Upanishadika Advaita. After that is the world and appearance, is, it, is the Jagat Mithya, is the Drashta and Drishya separate. All those come much later. Yeah, they are there are ways of trying to bring us back to this one realization that we are all one divine reality, non-dual divine reality. Brahman. That is the core message of the Upanishads. Everything else follows. The appearance nature of the world, Jagat Mithya, world is false. It follows, logically follows. But that's not the central teaching. Another point this Swami made, which was well taken, I agreed entirely. He says, he told me that Swami, in the way you are teaching, people will have a problem with bhakti. Notice, you have borrowed two techniques, one from Buddhism and one from Sankhya. Neither Sankhya or Bud nor Buddhism have any space for God. So you can accomplish all of this, Rigdrishya Viveka, falsity of the word, Jagat Mithyatva, that means falsity of the world, separation of the seer and the seen, and come to non-dual realization without once talking about God and devotion. Whereas in the Upanishadic way, you start at the top or at the bottom with, with one Brahman. And that appears as you, the knower with the mind and the world with name and form. When name and form comes, that Brahman appears as the world. When the mind appears, that Brahman appears as you. Now I at my, in the background is one non-dual reality. 
if I am that no, one non-dual reality with mind and body, with the appearance of mind and body, now I can conceive of that non-dual reality as God. And I can have devotion to, it's my source after all. I can have devotion to my source. And all the devotional uh, Vedantic systems, dualism, qualified monism, Vishishta, Dvaita, Dvaita, they arise because of this fact. You start with non-dual Brahman, come to yourself and the world, and devotion is still possible in that way. So these are good points. Only thing is, it might not be as logically appealing as seer and the scene and uh, the appearance nature of the world. All of that is more appealing to the modern mind, the, modern, the mind trained by modern science. All right. Jennifer says, Swamiji, would you venture to explain this four-step instruction in the context of vichara as taught by Ramana Maharshi? The same by why to mention Mahat Hiranyagarbha, right? So the reason why the Mahat or Hiranyagarbha is mentioned is because of this. Notice, even in the path of the Maharshi, Ramana Maharshi, you will end up with, who am I? I am that, I am that reality, you realize. I am awareness in and not the body, not the mind. The world is dreamlike. But the oneness of all existence is not established there. Uh, and you will have to bring, bring that in later. The non-duality of existence. That none of this exists without me, the witness consciousness. Who am I will take you to the heart of, uh, of, of, uh, of realization. I am pure awareness. Atman, Brahman, whatever you call it. But it still has to be said that what is this cosmos then? What is all this? If you ask, that integration is done. That's why the Upanishads, at some point, they will bring in the cosmos. From individual mind, they'll bring in the uh, cosmic mind. You don't have to do anything. You just have to recognize that this experience of the ego, of the mind I'm having, it's a tiny part of a vast mind. Tamiko says, as a follow-up to Jennifer's question, my understanding is Ramana Maharshi instructed the eye sense is located in the heart. How does one incorporate this focus of awareness? Heart is just a way of speaking. It, it uh, helps us to locate in your practice that uh, in the heart. But he meant the spiritual heart. What is the spiritual heart is, to put it very simply, just have a feel for your own existence now. Our own being, what philosophers call phenomenologically. It's a sense of my physical being, my emotional, mental being. All of these are components to my, my feeling of my own existence. At the heart, at the core of this existence is what uh, Ramana Maharshi calls the heart. And within that is the real nature, the I, the witness consciousness. Shiva Priya says, all is in the awareness, no awareness, no world, is very direct, precise method. But the other one, stepwise method, is very long. One might get lost in between. <laughs> yeah, that's why you need a teacher. Shivapriya says, awareness is the buddhi, intellect, cosmic mind. Then the awareness of that blankness, correct. Even the blankness, even maya, appears in awareness. Good. Prabhupada, Babu, you're holding on to the question for a long time. Uh, let us see. Yes, yes Maharaj. Uh, so, in, in your talk on the self, on, in all beings and all beings in the self, which is just up on the internet a few days ago, you had you used it a little differently. You said that you took experience of seeing 
And from that, you said that it's it's in the, all in the mind. And the mind, you said that the mind is shining in consciousness, hmm. is revealed in consciousness. So it says, it's all pervaded by consciousness. It's one consciousness. So the intellect didn't come in in, in that, actually. And the Hiranagaru. So that... Yes. that Right. And so that is not an important distinction because intellect is, is, when I said mind is shining in consciousness, intellect is just one more faculty of the mind. I'm using mind in a way we use it in English, you know, in a broad sense of whatever is going on inside. So our thoughts, feelings, emotions, and also intellect and also ego. So I wanted to make it very, very direct. You have an experience of the world, but none of that is possible without mind. You have an experience of the mind, but none of that is possible without you, the consciousness. So ultimately, you that you shining, mind shines, you and mind shining, the world shines for you. I found that very, 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 very easy for my Yes, it's very easy and it's good for sadhana. Remember, however, huge amount of philosophical argumentation has gone into saying something like that. Because there will be huge questions of you are already assuming there is no external world. It is in the mind only. Doesn't the world have an external reality apart from your mind? So the whole idealism versus realism debate, the debate between, thousand-year debate between the Buddhist Vijnanavadins and on one side, on the other side, the Hindu Nayaikas, Vaisheshikas, Sankhyas, Mimamsakas, realism versus idealism. And those that debate is uh, has to be uh, gone through. A lot of philosophical movements, um, argumentation, centuries of uh, work has gone into putting it so simply. Not that it will be acceptable to non-dualists, to non-non-dualists. It's acceptable to you because you're a non-dualist. Yes. Thank you, Maharaj. Then Rama. Pranam Swamiji. Uh, the question I have is uh, the way we are reading this apprenticeship that's being taught here, um, where is uh, the non-duality coming here? Because uh, can we understand non-duality uh, without uh, Jagat Mithyatvam? Um, so where is that? Because when we talk about resolving into um, you know, sense objects, into mind, mind into intellect, are we talking that where does the, uh, there is nothing apart from consciousness? Everything is consciousness. Where is that coming here, Swamiji? I didn't when you say merging it back, ultimately when you say intellect, mind, external senses, external world are nothing apart from the consciousness in which you are seeing, then non-duality has already come in. Uh, nothing apart means not to. See, for, when I see a lot of people in a movie, lot of cars and you know places, um, Actually, how many are there? There's nothing apart from the screen. Only one screen is there. In that, we are seeing many characters in a movie. Because it's a movie. Because, so notice then, underlying it is one reality called the movie screen. But in the movie, you have many characters and many places and many activities and many objects. But none of those objects, places, activities, persons actually exist apart from the screen. So from perspective of the screen, all those things are non-dual. They don't exist apart. And also that's a movie. That is the Jagat Mithyatva world. If the world exists apart from your you, external, apart from you, the awareness, apart from you, the, experience, the, the consciousness, externally, 
this is the way of saying that the world is real in itself. But here we are saying the world is not real in itself. It is something experienced in awareness. Right. So, so it's non-dual. Non-dual means it, nothing exists apart from consciousness, for, apart from you, the awareness. Uh, so it is in awareness, uh, but it's not other than awareness. Is, comes only yes. as Jagat Pityatman, right? So yes. Jagat Good example is our dreams. Dream. Yeah. In our dreams, we see so many things and meet so many people. We are also there. We have a little body in the, in the dreams. We are walking around. And, but none of those things and bodies and people, they, none of them actually exist. They are all our own mind appearing in that way. Similarly, here in this waking world, it's not our own mind only. It is consciousness which is appearing as the mind and as the objects. So, I Vivekananda put it so nicely, one only exists, it appears as nature, soul. Nature, this universe. Soul, you. The knower and the known, both are appearing in one awareness. And they are not three things, awareness, knower, known, no. Knower and known are not apart from that awareness. Just as the night example uh, Srinivas Raju gave, that just as clay surrounds the pot, clay surrounds the pot does not mean that there is a pot and then clay surrounding it. Every bit of that pot is clay. Every bit of the golden ornament is gold. Every bit of the, of the wave is water. When we say water, wave is surrounded by water. Vishnu is that which surrounds the entire universe. Surrounds the entire universe means every bit of this universe is in reality Vishnu or, or the divine. The divinity is the only thing that really exists. But we see it fractured into names and forms like a dream-like quality we see. So other than the divinity, nothing exists. That is non-duality. Let's bring this to a, to a close. Om Shanti 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 Hari Om Tat Sat Shri Ram Krishna Rupa Namastu